around this bitch. Yo, mama and your cousin too. Rolling down the strip on boats. Coming up, slamming cat like those. Me and you. Yo, mama and your cousin too. Rolling down the strip on boats. Coming up, slamming cat like those. Back in the day when I was younger, hunger, looking to fill me belly with that rallies. Bullshit, pull shit off like it was supposed to be pulled. Full of the tick, I was stone like them white boys. Smoking them white girls before them blunts got chrome. Chunky asses, passes getting thrown like Hail Marys and they looking like Halle Berry. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Be sure to check out Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code 40, get four days free advanced stats. Be sure to check them out. So, Walk, how are you? And we got a little thing going on today. Um, it was your idea, but I kind of bastardized it before we started recording here. Um, what we're going to do is take a look at player ADP. And everybody knows who they're taking in the first couple rounds. So we're going to put together a team of players that are uh, looking at ADP from DLF. From round 11 to round 20 with a bonus guy at the end there. So anyone can tell you who to take in the first and second round, and you already know who you're going to take there. So we're going to construct some rosters at the bottom of drafts here. But uh, great idea. And what do you want to say before we get started? I'm doing well, buddy. Yeah, you went with uh, bastardized. I would have went more with hijacked, uh, my idea. But I think you made it a more consumable concept i was just thinking of taking free players after round 10 in honor of independence day and targeting some guys to build a bench roster to compete against each other but you went a little further in these tiers round by round where you could actually theoretically land all of these players in a startup draft to see what type of bench we could construct um yeah in a dynasty startup so i'm excited to dive into this draft coming fresh off of what some people call vacation i called it carrying children around in hot weather for four and five days but excited to be talking to you diving into this we're going to be getting into some serious off-season content when this is done because we just realized we're eight weeks away from nfl football so let's uh let's get into this bench draft uh Superflex, are we going with Superflex startup? Because the quarterback's already ugly uh, in the list. Uh, No, you you sent the rosters. One QB, (laughs) two running backs, three wide receivers, and one tight end. Okay. All right. Thank God. Uh, Because spoiler alert, the top ADP quarterback is Baker Mayfield uh, listed here. So I'm going to assume this is – do you think that this has to be Superflex? Yes, sir. No? Okay. Yes. So – we're using Superflex ADP to draft a 1QB league. We're off to a ripping start here. Um, but nonetheless, we will get there, and you know, there will be some twists and turns along the way. So I got the first pick in everything else that we did in all of our other offseason drafts, and so I'm going to bequeath the first pick to you in this draft, sir. So where are you going to go in the 11th round? So looking at ADP between 121 and 132, so that's round 11 in a 12-team startup and you can, you can overdraft somebody, I suppose, so if you like somebody down at uh, 160, go for it. But this early in the draft, I'm going to take, towards the bottom end here, uh, Christian Kirk, average ADP, 132. They gave him a boatload of money, so much money, in fact, that it ruined the wide receiver landscape for the rest of the league. They paid him. I assume they're going to want to get him heavily involved. He is a wide receiver one, which I don't believe there's any other team wide receiver ones on the board. Too much value to pass up. So give me Christian Kirk with our 101, technically 1101. Okay. I I like it. Didn't see it coming, but I like it. And the, the logic was sound. I'm going to go with a similar position, different player, a little higher. Uh, 127 overall, our boy, Michael Gallup, who may not be the wide receiver one on his own team, but has the potential to put up wide receiver one totals as the complimentary wide receiver to CD lamb. Hopefully he continues to progress accordingly on that, uh, ACL rehab 
just signed, I believe, a three-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys going to keep him catching passes from Dak Prescott as hopefully the two there for the next few years. So you went Christian Kirk. I went Michael Gallup in our round 11 picks. He was the only other guy I had uh, circled in this first round. Are, are we are we snaking or is it back to me? If it's a real oh. draft, it would be a snake. Okay. Well, listen, since I went second, I'm going to take full advantage uh, of that snake option then and get the guy that I want here. And mm, maybe not because hold on. Let me, let me make sure I'm on the same page here. We are drafting as if it's a single QB league, correct? I mean, we have to. Yes, this we is have to. Yes, technically, your QB QB three far, far too ugly uh, to depend on any of these guys. Okay, so given that logic, but you do I need one. Going, you do need one. Do, <laughs> which which sucks because there's there's three in this tier. So you're really just limiting yourself if you do not. Ah, oh. oh, this this is going to be painful. Um, I'm not doing that. I'm going with the guy I want, Isaiah Spiller. 143 overall, love getting Isaiah Spiller everywhere. The young future workhorse for the Los Angeles Superchargers. Isaiah Spiller has taken a pounding from the Dynasty community since his subpar testing and draft stock were concerned, but he landed in the perfect spot as a short-term compliment to Austin Eckler with the potential to be the longer-term option there when, when Eckler either – prices himself out of Los Angeles or you know, just ages out. And Spiller can be that workhorse running back in a Justin Hebert-led offense. So I will gladly take my guy, Isaiah Spiller. A couple, couple of players I like here in round 12. Um, you went Spiller, so I'm going to play quarterback chicken first here and – Give me one of the only two guys who's going to be starting in week one that we have to pick from. I'm going to take old Mitchell Trubisky just because I have to. Because I don't want wow. the other guy <laughs> that you're going to have to take. Mm. Did not see you taking Mitchell Trubisky of that list. Um, you know, people can't see who we have to pick from. I would have went with Malik Willis, who is the end of that tier, currently going as 144 as my QB3. But if you hate to do some Malik Willis, I'd rather take the potential for points down the road than the six starts that Mitchell Trubisky is going to get for this year. Yuck. All right. Round <laughs> three. Back to me here. Um, well, round 13. A couple guys I like. I'm having trouble picking between the two, but I'm going to take the guy with the better quarterback. Uh, 147.25 in ADP. Give me Alan Lazard, who I, the more time that passes, the more I'm convinced that guy is going to be the top target in Green Bay this year. Yeah, hard to argue. Um, like the pick. I think he is value. Sorry, writing his name down as we talk. And as we continue to learn about what we're actually doing in this one, this is not just a redraft we're doing, right, dude? We're doing Correct. This is, this is a, this okay. is a dynasty. Dynasty bums. But <laughs> to make sure that we're on the we're on the same page here. So, um, all right. So you went with Alan Zard. I am going to go with I got another guy. Like, I guess I'm sticking young here. I'm going David Bell. Pick 153, you know, 153 overall is wide receiver 57. It might not be pretty in year one. Catching passes from it sounds like. Uh, what the heck's his name? Jacoby Brissett. But there's still a bright future for a player that I was pretty high on, who, again, underwhelmed at the combine. Obviously, I have a type um, so far as guys that just shit on their draft stock uh, in uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. So give me David Bell in round 13. I am perplexed by that decision because I'm very curious what your quarterback plan is. Because <laughs> well, you're about to find out, sir. I, yeah, I, I thought you were going to go Darnold. <laughs> no, I would never do that. Um, I am going to go, since we have to pick a quarterback, I am going to go with Desmond Ritter in this round. He is going in round 14 of startups. He is pick 163. So I feel he'll get some starts this year. I don't believe he's long-term for the Falcons, I think, unless he 
just overwhelms you know, to the point of a Davis Mills-esque rookie season in adverse circumstances. Will he even have an opportunity to retain the starter's job in 2023 when I think Atlanta will be gunning for one of these top quarterbacks in next year's class. So it might be short term, but I do think he makes meaningful starts this year. So give me Desmond Ritter over the likes of a Sam Darnold around earlier. I'll tell you round 14. I like better than like round 12 ADP wise, just to run through the list. So people get an idea here. Alec Pierce, who I like, Terry and Davis Price, who's growing on me, Hunter Henry, who I really like, Jacoby Myers I like, John Mechie, you could do worse, Brian Robinson, sounds like he's going to have a role, you just took Ritter, we like the upside, Gainwell might be the weak link mm. so far, Irv Smith, who's got tons of upside, especially now that he's back healthy, Daryl Henderson, he's kind of meh, Russell Gage, there's plenty of hype around him going to Tampa, and DJ Chark, who... I like as Detroit's wide receiver one. So this is a group. The the fun thing about doing this when I went through the tiers was if I'm doing any startups, I, I'm going to probably try to get people to throw in a 14th in any of these goofy, you know, move up around deals. All right, move up around here, move back two rounds later and uh, throw in your 14th and you got a deal. I, I like this whole group of guys. Um, Back to my pick now. Looking at positional scarcity, I feel like I have to make a decision that I don't want to make because I do like a couple of the wide receivers here. I like Myers. I like DJ Chark. But there's not much coming at running back after this. So I'm going to roll the dice on a rookie here. Give me Tyrion Davis-Price, who I think I just said when I mentioned his name the first time, he has grown on me – I don't think the Niners have had the same guy lead him out of the backfield two years in a row. As much as I love Elijah Mitchell, it, all he's got to do, Davis Price has to do to have a role is be better than Trey Sermon, and he probably is already. So hmm. give me a give me a running back in that system. I picked him up in a couple best balls so far this offseason. I love him in that format. He could fall flat on his face just because we've seen the Niners do it with other players. I mean, they buried Ayuk. They've buried... I mean, they buried Trey Sermon last year, so there is some risk with it, but I don't see a lot of other running backs coming up that I would feel at all comfortable plugging in every week. So give me Davis Price. Not where I thought you were going, but kudos to you. Yeah, I mean, after you wrote off that list, I just looked up at the round earlier, and I'm like, yeah, round 14 greater than round 13. There's Look at a round bunch 12. Of yeah, I mean, there's Gusecki, Damian Pierce, Mayfield, Michael Carter, Melvin Gordon, Trubisky, Kadarius Tony, Kokomet, Albert O, Zamir White, Isaiah Spiller, Malik Willis. There's a couple guys I like better than a couple guys down there, but as a whole, if I had to pick 12 players, if I had to give me 12 of them, I'd take the 12 in round 14. Oh, uh, I'll take the 12 and 12, but I'll give I'll give you the I would take 14 over 13. I'll give you that. There's, but there's some names I really like. I, I'm a Kadarius Tony believer, so he gets a bump for me. I like both those running backs that are listed there. Even, all three almost. All rookies, Pierce, White, and yeah. Spiller that are there. Malik Willis and a super flex, ton of value, and then just littered with tight ends that I think have ample upside, including Albert O. So not to belabor the point, though. So, all right, you finished off round 14, so you get to snake us on round 15 here. All right, are you 15. Taking in what do I got here? I'm, I'm going to double tap it running back here. Give me your guy, Khalil Herbert. Um, looked good when he got a chance. You've convinced me not to be a uh, David Montgomery believer, so I will stick with it. I think Herbert... I mean, there's no offensive weapons in Chicago. If he could carve out any kind of little role whatsoever, there's nothing on that depth chart to stop him from being involved in the offense. Well, congratulations. Your first sniping of me. That was going to be my my running back, too, on my bench. I was I already had him earmarked. I was like, he's not going to go with Khalil Herbert. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought for sure there's one or two other names that would have taken precedence over Herbert, but you know, kudos to you. So I'm going to go with the other guy that just stuck out to me in this round. There's actually two. Um, 
and they're both rookies uh, of the entire list because especially if we're going ben- bench depth, I'm not looking to add a Curtis Samuel or Jarvis Landry or even a J.D. McKissick or a Devontae Barger to my team or Rob Gronkowski, who is not playing as of right now. So I'm going to go with tight end and go with Trey McBride. So since you took my Cleo Herbert, I'm almost feeling as though given the the names are running back in the next round in round 16 that I do like it, it's, it's swaying me in that direction, but I had a name highlighted. So I'm, I'm not going to deviate from my highlight plan um, at this point in time. So in round 16, I am going to go with my guy, Josh Palmer, and mm. he is going to start in three wide receiver sets for, again, I obviously have a thing as anyone who listens to this podcast knows for the Los Angeles chargers. They're my West Coast team. We were talking about San Diego before we went live. And obviously, I just have an affinity for the area, even though they relocated. But I like Josh Palmer's upside. I don't think that uh, Keenan Allen is probably long for the Chargers. His contract's going to be coming up, I think, in the next year. Mike Williams is only signed for three years. I think the money's on two years. So there's not a lot of long-term committed even in those two top options. And he will get opportunity if when one of those gets banged up, but also in any three wide sets. So... I think Josh Palmer's a ton of value, uh, especially in round 16 of startup drafts. Oh, boy, what to do, what to do here. I am in a pinch. Um, I guess, I guess. I, I'm trying to pick between two guys, two two John DeBarry favorites. Uh, I guess I will go with the guy tied to the better quarterback. Give me 193 overall, Mr. Tim Patrick of the Denver Broncos. Um I was debating between him and Brian Edwards. We still haven't seen Brian Edwards do it, although I like his new home in Atlanta with very little competition for targets. Uh, Patrick, we've seen do it. When the guys ahead of him have gotten hurt, Sutton and Judy, and they've plugged him in, he's been effective. So if he can get a little more work with Russell Wilson now, if he's been effective with the dog shit parade of guys they've brought out there, like uh, Drew Locke and Joe Flacco. I can only assume he'll perform better with uh, Russell Wilson. So give me Mr. Tim Patrick. All right. that uh, I, I'm still just thoroughly confused by all this Denverness, right? Because everyone's going to, everyone's going to work, right? Like there's nothing that's, there's no one's going to fall short of expectation in Denver. It's like Russell Wilson's there. So now Albert is a guarantee. And of course, Sutton and Jerry Judy are going to happen. Now Tim Patrick, we're adding to this. People are talking about KJ Hamler. Both running backs are, are going to do their thing. I just, I, I don't know that Russell Wilson is superhuman. And, you know, and we're higher on him than most people. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, I, I'm, I'm at a, precarious point where i think fading denver potentially in in redraft is the thing to do because if all these guys have any modicum of success and none of them are really going to be the difference maker that you need in fantasy or for redraft i mean dynasty yeah of course you still want javante williams of course those two wide receivers are going to stand out but i and i like tim patrick as well he he was successful whenever he got the opportunity but he is their clear wide receiver three so if they're going to be flexing out Albert O, like they said they were going to use as like a big slot, then who's coming off the field? I think it's going to be Tim Patrick. So he's going to be a limited snap player. Not that I know that he should be given his production when he has been on the field. Like, is it, is it, is it correct to say that he's worse than Jerry Judy or, or Cortland Sutton? I, I don't know that that's the correct answer, but he's third in their pecking order. Yeah, it's uh... – like you said, I mean, zigging when everybody else zags is oftentimes profitable in fantasy. So if you want to get out of the, the Denver business, now's the time to do it. And if you're right, it's going to pay off. Yeah. So we shall see. But you went Tim Patrick. Snake is back to you, sir, in round 17. All right. So I need to fill my tight end spot. We are going to grab mm. one extra guy, which is the uh, belief here. So the tight ends going in round 17 are Robert Tanyan and Logan Thomas. Tanyan's old. Oh, Tanyan, there's a third. I, I, dig, 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 not Brevin Jordan. 
I am going to give the first reach beyond the round here because someone in ADP is sticking out to me like a sore thumb, and I'm reaching by quite a bit. I'm going down to someone who's going in round 21 as tight end 32, 229 overall ADP. Austin Hooper going to the uh, Tennessee Titans. I, I don't love Hooper, but he was reasonably effective with the Falcons. Kind of fell flat after he signed that big contract going to Cleveland. But the guy has some decent draft capital going back to when he came into the league. He's been effective in the NFL. And now he's going to a team that doesn't really have much to compete with as far as targets. I mean, is he? I think he's a better receiver than Westbrook Ikinhe and you know, Robert Woods is coming back from injury. All the reports about Burks have been shit so far. So Hooper, I think is super sneaky. And we talk about it all the time with tight ends. You just got to fall in the end zone six, six times. And you're in the, you know, top, top 18 at the position, top 16 and, and throw a few more catches in there, a little bit of yardage. And you're easily a top 12. I, I think he's being super underdrafted. I, I just think it's, an amazing value at 21 and I think getting him in 17, I'm feeling good about. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree with the the reach down, especially after the names you just read that were the tight ends and something has just became apparently clear to me. And it's still that there was a, there was a glitch in the matrix of us understanding what was happening here because <laughs> I wasn't drafting a team at this point. So I just thought we were picking guys by the round. So I see your beautifully constructed team. Well, you told me we were built. putting this on Twitter for votes. Yeah, well, then you told me you were doing this different thing by round. <laughs> so this is where we this is where we got lost. So I am short a running back. So I guess I can I can overcorrect here and I can get my running back. Full disclosure, I was taking LaVisca Chenault in this round and running away with my boy Visca. But I'm going to go for a running back, and it makes sense why you reached down so far to get tell, your tight end. Tell me about Visca real quick. What do you think? Because we were touting him for a couple of years now. And, and I mean, it, it obviously got derailed, as did everything with Urban Meyer. With all the other receivers they brought in now, what are you expecting for him? I, I, I think the room got real crowded really fast without him getting a fair shake to, to do what you and I hoped he would do at the NFL level. I, I wonder if he's just unfortunately too far down on the depth chart now to ever do anything fantasy relevant. Yeah. I mean, once a Visca, always a Visca is (laughs) I guess where, where I'm at. I mean, he's just going to turn 24 this year. He's not, he's certainly not done what I have expected him to do thus far, especially with the opportunity that he's had in front of him in Jacksonville. But last year was just a a disaster for everyone. So uh, if, if Trevor Lawrence is getting the pass for an epically bad rookie season, I mean, how can't LaVisca Chenault get a pass? But, I mean, two years into the NFL, I mean, he's had 600 receiving yards plus each of the last two seasons. Somehow did not find the end zone as a receiver in 21 after having five touchdowns receiving his rookie year. And then he just adds a little bit rushing, which I think there's more opportunity for him, but only 29 carries for 132 scoreless yards so far in the NFL. I, I just think there's a lot of untapped with him. And you were talking about all the guys they brought in. Yeah, you took Christian Kirk early in this draft, and they paid him to be the one, so he's going to be the one. But Zay Jones does not scare me one bit. And then they still have Marvin Jones there, who is a reliable veteran that I'm sure that will get snaps because Trevor Lawrence, he's also 32 years old, which is crazy to look at. He's going to be 33. He's in his age 33 season. So he's a limited snap guy. The cream's going to rise, and I still think Visca has the talent, and I'm hoping that Doug Peterson is going to be able to bring that out of him. I don't care about these reports that he's fielding punts and doing all this. It shows that he's just doing whatever it's going to take to stand out. He's, he's not just accepting defeat and moving on. They didn't feel him. You didn't really hear any significant rumblings that there was even legitimate talks that they were going to deal him. I, I'm still here. I think now he's he's just free at this point. I mean, if you're talking around 17, he'd be like your wide receiver six. In any startup, I'm still yeah. taking that shot over Kendrick. The wide receivers in the same round: Kendrick Bourne, 
Van Jefferson, maybe there could be opportunity from there. Corey Davis, no, thank you. Marvin Jones, no. Jameson Crowder, Sammy Watkins, Khalil Shakur, Paris Campbell, Vedalus Jones, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Those are all the guys that are being drafted around or after. The LaVisca Chenault, I'll take every one of them without hesitation other than Van Jefferson, where there might be an argument, but Van Jefferson's two full years older than LaVisca as well. Yeah. And has just has more legitimate competition standing in his way of being even a wide receiver two on his own team. So I'm still there. I think there's opportunity for Visca. So that's my that was my delay soapbox rant. So now I'm gonna be what guy am I drafting? And it's not pretty down this far. It's probably a bunch of one year guys injury return guys if that so it's who's going to give me my best bang for my buck as my running back two, maybe a potential future opportunity um at the running back position and literally i'm continuing to delay because i'm scrolling down hoping that a name jumps out that i hadn't seen but, but unfortunately that name does not exist so i'm going to go with the first guy that stood out to me on the list and that was goodness gracious why am i I had a name on a list and I, and I went off of him uh, for my one year wonder. Ah, this, this one's going to shock you, John. Jamal Williams for Detroit is going to be my running wow. back too. And I don't like it. And I don't like him. And if he knew me at all, he probably wouldn't like me, even though it sounds like he likes everyone. <laughs> Cause I've never said anything nice about the man and he's old. He's NFL old already 27 years old, but, He's been productive, and they're still going to be giving him plenty of opportunity in a Detroit offense that I think is going to be far better. And listen, the, the, the other names I had to draw from, Raheem Mostert, sorry, I can't do it. He's already 30 years old. He's a one-year deal. He's going to teach the running backs the Mike McDaniel offense more so than even have a chance to be a lead back. Chuba Hubbard, I was never a believer in. They went and got Dante Foreman, so Chuba Hubbard's already done as the backup in Carolina. Dante Foreman was there, but it would take a McCaffrey injury for him to have any value. And then we're talking about Miles Gaskin, Gus Edwards. Miles Gaskin's cooked in Miami. Gus Edwards, I still like the guy, but he's coming off an ACL. He's 27 as well, so he might not even start the season. And then we're getting into the stinky Trey Sermon, who I don't want. Backup Darrell Williams, Sony Michelle, Zach Moss. These guys, it it got ugly. So really missing out on Khalil Shakur hurt me. Or sorry, Khalil Herbert hurt me a ton. (laughs) Um, And I wouldn't have thought those words would have came out of my mouth. But we found a way. We got the starting lineup. And we are – we even – Drop down into the 242nd pick. That's through seven through 17. So we'll we'll pick a a bench guy here for 18. So doing snake, you're up. So you could grab one more guy here. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna add to the bench in 18 on. Let me see where I go here. I mean, ironically enough, I had your boy Austin Hooper like highlighted Mm -hmm. as well as we were going through. So excellent. I think that was a a tremendous value pick for you. What I am going to do. I can't believe he's tight end 32. Isn't it crazy? I mean, just listen, he signed, he signed for too much in Cleveland and didn't hit. And now everyone's done with him, but yeah, he's not, he's in his age 28 season. He's still got a few good years left in him. He was a tight end one uh, in Atlanta. So with target opportunity, which he's going to have in Tennessee, you know, he's, he's free right now and he is going to be a, premium target of mine in the Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> so, so, and I'm sure yours as well, but at that ADP, no yeah. one's even looking at Austin Hooper. Um, crazy. So if I go with my zero tight end strategy, we're going to be looking at some Austin Hooper in our life. But a little earlier, the other name I had highlighted. So for my bench, I'm going to go with another guy that I got really high on last year when he was given opportunity. I think that opportunity will be there again this year in three wide receiver sets in Minnesota, and it is KJ Osborne who's currently going to pick 226 hmm. is wide receiver 88 overall. They're going to be running three wide sets. They're going to be a quote unquote pass first offense. The day dark days of Mike Zimmer are gone, and they're going to open up this offense. Kirk Cousins is going to post another QB one season, probably top 10 this year, which no one wants or likes to hear or see, but it's going to happen. And KJ Osborne is going to get opportunity in three wide sets. And if Adam Thielen gets hurt, Again, which has seemed to be you know a common cause the last few years because he is an aging wide receiver. Osborne's going to be setting into that wide receiver two chair behind you know Alpha Justin Jefferson, just soaking up all the the QB two or sorry all the the CB two coverage that he can handle, and he is going to eat 
So I'm a I'm a big KJ Osborne fan. I think for a guy that didn't get much pub uh, coming out, only 25 years old is in an ideal scenario where there is not a lot behind him uh, to to scare him out of that seat. Yeah, I that that Minnesota wide receiver group is interesting because yeah, God forbid Jefferson gets hurt or. Thielen misses time again or just ages out and starts to stink. There, There's some interesting names behind him. Like, you know, Osborne looked okay when he got a chance. B.C. Johnson has looked okay when given a chance. I like Jalen Naylor at the end of these rookie drafts. They're picking him off waivers at the end. And we – didn't you kind of like Amir Smith-Marset last year? I know I did. I, were you in on him yeah, too? I, I th- yeah, I thought he was a good – value pick i did like his profile and he did land in a decent spot it's a sneaky you know, good depth chart yeah if something bad happens <laughs> to anybody ahead of him yeah yeah I, I don't disagree that those tier two guys have a ton of upside and they were all just junk picks right smith marset and kj were both fifth round picks Jalen naylor was a sixth. bc johnson was a seventh yeah and so you know they're going down the the stefan diggs route right from the past of getting day three guys and turning them into something. So kudos to them. Like none of them are superstars or probably will be, Um, but viable, you know, whoever earns that wide receiver three spot and, you know, we'll start in three wide sets and then gets opportunity in case of injury is going to have a ton of value. Pretty crazy. Yeah. I I think they're all way overlooked. Um, All right. Up to me, pick 18 here, looking at some of the names I have highlighted prior to starting this. There sure is a lot of garbage here, but uh, uh, talking about, you know, we're, we're doing filling here and throwing flyers on, on injury guys, injury backups. Give me someone that I'm falling in love with, uh, 211.75 ADP, Hassan Haskins, going with another Titan here. I just don't know if Derrick Henry is starting to break down. We saw him miss some time last year. What's he going to look like now that his foot's banged up? Do they want to keep him maybe a little more fresh than they have in years past? Uh, who knows? We're, we're not going to know for a couple more weeks at least, or months even, shit. So I, I like Haskins. All the reports out of camp, is he's been really good in the passing game. And they go, oh, well, he's a, he's a thumper too. We could fill in as soon as – if Henry needs to get spelled on the field. So I like the upside there. And I mean, he, he's somebody who it seems like if Henry were to miss a game and you plugged him in for that week, he can, if Henry misses two games in a row, he could probably have two top 15 back to back running back weeks and either try to ride it out and hope he's, he's the heir apparent if Henry keeps missing time or he's an easy one to flip because it doesn't cost much to get him and try to get some draft picks for next year. So give me Hassan Haskins. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the, the logic behind it. I skipped right over him when I was looking for my RB two because it's good. I, I just sat here with my mouth shut. I was like, Oh, he didn't say his name. Good. Yeah. I mean, cause it's going to take an injury for that dude to even see the field. Right. I mean, Dontrell Hilliard's even there to be like the back to spell, Derrick Henry and like passing downs and stuff like that. So Haskins only plays if Derrick Henry gets hurt, which ha- finally happened last year. And the, the count, the, you know, the carries are piling up on him. So that's clear why they drafted a 6'1, 220 pound between the tackles thumper like Hassan Haskins was because they really lost that element last year when they were trying to fill with Dante Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard, who really don't present as a. Derrick Henry type, which no one on earth presents as a Derrick Henry type, but someone who's willing to, you know, pound the defense into submission. And that's exactly what Hassan Haskins brings to the Titans. So good pick on you. I realized that when I picked KJ Osborne, Miko Hardman is in that same tier. And I didn't even, I didn't even hesitate when I picked KJ Osborne. So I guess I'm done with Miko Hardman, even though I don't want to be, but <laughs> this is this would be the time, right, where I get off and yes. he finally he finally hits, and now Tyreek Hill is gone. So does he fill that speed element in that KC offense, or does the KC offense totally change? You now he's competing with Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, probably for that role. You know Juju's playing with a ten million dollar contract, so there's probably going to be a wide receiver rotation um, outside of of Juju, and even Juju is going to get some Sky Moore. Uh, you know, competition eventually. It's just 
There's just yeah. it's so much now. I, I knew that Michael Hardman was like the clear two behind Tyree Kill. I was never worried about like Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle. And yeah. although they produced and Hardman didn't, I always believed he was the next in line if Tyree Kill went down. Now it looks like the offense may be changing. So I just have no confidence in a player that I liked coming out and I still think is is finding his footing uh, as a wide receiver in the NFL. But I guess I just don't see the upside with him anymore as I do with the KJ Osborne, which is strange. I mean, what, what should be a, a pretty good tell on what people are thinking of Miko Hardeman, scroll up a few spots from him. Justin Ross, undrafted free agent, also signed with Kansas City. He's going, mm. uh, he's wide receiver 84, Miko Hardman's wide receiver 87. So the people believe Ross is <laughs> Ross has sky high fucking upside. If that guy stays healthy, that, that might come out of this draft as be one of the biggest steals of the whole draft. I mean, his his fall was largely a product of bad medicals. I mean, I think I heard only four teams even cleared him, and the Chiefs are one of them. So Landon, there's great. Um so that wraps it up. We went through 18 rounds. Is there anybody in rounds 19, 20, or 21, or whatever, 22, 23, I think it went down to, any of these late-round bums that you think are interesting? Yeah, I mean, and, and they're mostly rookies because you and I both like Romeo Dubs, and he's 232 right now. I mean, you're talking about yeah. Christian Watson was at the very beginning of this at pick 122. So 100 picks later, you can get another piece potentially of that Green Bay offense, you know, and hope that maybe it's Dubs and and not Christian Watson uh, that ends up hitting Daniel Bellinger, who seems to have the inside track as a starting tight end for the New York Giants. His tight end 31 right above Austin Hooper. He's not going to do anything of significance, even if he ends up being that starter uh, this year. Just rookie tight ends don't. He's he's unpolished. He's going to be a few years, but I do like the guy. I've been getting him a lot of places, so why not shout out his name in, in these team, type of rounds? That team sucks. I, I'm writing something about the Giants, and I have been forced to go over that depth chart. That That's a fucking terrible team. Yeah, and I, I don't want a lot to do with him, I think. Daniel no. Jones is going to be done. You know, Dable's going to want his own guy there. There, he didn't pick up his fifth-year option. I don't care. Like, this is just a get-through-it season with Daniel Jones. They did fifth-year option. Saquon, he might not even be there next year. Kenny Galladay, I wonder what his contract's going to look like a year from now where they can finally get out from under that. Like, yeah, it's going to look a lot different. They're rebuilding that team. You see they went offensive line and defensive line in the draft, which they mm-hmm. went with two potential studs in Neil and Thibodeau. So they're they're starting from scratch. And Bellinger could be a piece of that in the future, but it's not going to look pretty in the short term. And then I guess the last guy would be Adam Troutman. He's already, like everyone, I guess, assumed he's not going to happen. He's already tight end 33. He's after Hooper, 25 years old. Got hurt last year when he was starting to finally pop, and then the wheels fell off for New Orleans when they were yeah. trying to try out just about anything that would had that had a right arm out there or even a left because in Taysom Hill left-handed that could just put a football forward. But Jameis Winston with the offensive upgrades they had, I mean, I think Troutman is just kind of the forgotten man as the starting tight end for the New Orleans Saints, and. I'm not done with him yet. 25 years old, came out of Dayton. I mean, that kid needed time as much as any tight end needed time to acclimate to the yeah. NFL. So everyone now he's now he's not even a top 32 tight end in startup drafts. Yeah, I'll I'll take a I'll take a free Adam Troutman. Yeah, those are all all good ones for me. Just because I I can't quit him coming off a horrific rookie year. But Terrace Marshall, wide receiver, 92 average ADP. 227 um, reports out of camp so far. Is, he's looking good, but I think everybody does at this point, right? There's not very few <laughs> reports of everyone shitting the bed right out of the gate. But when, when you look at that team's roster, he does have the inside track on being their wide receiver three again. Hopefully he can be healthy and adjust the NFL. But he, he's going to be, unfortunately, he's tied to awful Sam Darnold. So, Darnold is no way going to be able to support three wide receivers for fantasy. So for him, dynasty, it'd just be a nice stash and hopefully he can build on what was a dog shit 
year one and hopefully make some progress this year and then cross your fingers for the year three breakout next year. Scrolling down a bit more, Moelle Cox is tight end 35. I don't know how he's so low. He's their starting tight end as of right now, which is kind of strange. Matt Ryan has had success throwing the tight ends, and we definitely like him here. And last, I can tell you why on that before I I cut you off is because Jelani Woods is already tight end 27. That's why everyone's already assumed because Jelani Woods, yeah, because he tested well that he's already taken my. And I like him too, but that's crazy. Yeah. Kylan Granson's still there, who I liked last year. I mean, they they have a a pretty decent. That's a, that's a, I like all three of those guys, actually. Kylan Granson is like not, probably not a top 300 pick in a startup right now. Terrible, hurtful. Um, (laughs) But almost to the last one in ADP, go down to, uh, 274 overall ADP of 240, which means I think he gets picked last in one draft and then never again. But Chris Evans, um, you know, we've Chris Evans seems to be the the RB2, supplanted the the bum Samaj P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Mixon has not been the model of health over his NFL career. I mean, he's not a injury-prone guy, but we've seen him miss plays and miss games, so it's not crazy. And the all the rumors out of Cincinnati this year, well, recently have been that Evans is going to be their third down guy that they don't trust Mixon and pass protection. So there's a path for Evans to get some decent PPR touches. So to see him be down here still, because usually, usually dynasty players and guys that are doing the ADP stuff, they're pretty, you know, savvy. So they're usually, hip to all this stuff going on. I, I'm shocked that he's actually that low because there's a lot of guys ahead of him who probably aren't even going to make a team. So for him to be that low, it's shocking to me. That's stealing to get him with the last pick in a draft. Yeah, great job shouting him out because, candidly, I probably should have taken him over Jamal Williams. <laughs> That's my running back, too, yeah. in our bench lineup draft because I've read and heard the same things, which – I'm not going to act like I study pass pro, but I've also tried to debunk it from a fantasy perspective with yeah. the entirety of Aaron Jones's career. Um, speaking of Jamal Williams, but there is a ton of value in the pass catching role in any offense these days. Sure. And, you know, an offense like the Bengals, if Evans becomes that third down passing situations guy, I mean, he could find his way into significant enough touches to, to have value while simultaneously dinging Joe Mixon a lot. But it was ironic that in the playoffs, it was pretty much all Joe Mixon touching the ball as much as he could handle. But there were a couple key <laughs> opportunities where he was not on the field. Um, and it was Samaj P. Ryan who failed oh. to deliver, if memory serves me correctly, in some crucial, you know, short down and distance situation. So, Maybe that's what it finally took to put the nail in old Samaje's coffin. And how can you be that Evans big out? and strong and be that soft on the field? Fuck. Can't, can't get it. Can't get oh, it. Hard. I yeah. love that guy. That's yeah. neither here nor there. But hopefully, uh, you know, we didn't run through every name in each each uh, each round of ADP. But you can go online and find it anywhere. Like I said, we we pulled this off uh, DLF. But uh, there is a lot of value late. I mean, we started at round 11, but I know some of the startups I've done and a lot of the mocks that round, like six, seven and eight, there's a lot of guys that I'm kind of disgusted by that. I I just take because I have no choice. I'm on the clock. And you know, in these mocks, you're not trading back seeing what there is in in guys we like. And I think we're pretty good at, at, at hitting on sleepers or a little bit more unheralded guys. If I can get some future picks and get out of that six, seven, eight range and come back, like we, we said, 14, you were talking about round 12 earlier. Evans is free. Get yourself an extra 20-second round pick in a deal. There's a lot of guys going later that I think are going to blow their ADP out of water when we're talking again a year from now. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And just finding this depth, I mean, I you know, looking at the teams – I don't think either of ours are are too shabby for guys that you're assuming you already have ten guys drafted. So, you know, even in a start nine league, I mean, this isn't even these aren't even your first bench guys. If you got in, if you got killed by injuries and bye weeks <laughs> and you had to start this for a week, you're not feeling like you're getting steamrolled. No, 
No, and rolling in these rookies provides a lot of value, right? Because sure. these aren't. This wasn't the highest end of of rookie drafts. There was a lot of running backs that could have been had. I mean, we we each went with a rookie in Spiller, and you went with Hassan Haskins, and then you know some of these younger guys that aren't. You even went Tyrion Davis Price. So three rookie running backs got drafted in this experiment, and maybe a fourth if I had been following the the instructions <laughs> correctly. But yeah, I mean, this is just goes to show you 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 need the depth right in these startups so if you're in startup season hopefully this will just give you a, an insight into the kind of the guys that we're targeting in some of these spots for for bench depth you're not looking to fill any starter positions here but these guys would be upside potential starters in bye weeks or with injury so yeah I, I like the names that we came up with here I think there's a ton of value in the the back end of startup uh, rookie drafts or start sorry startup dynasty drafts yeah, and even, I mean, obviously I like my team. I picked it, but looking at your guys, I mean, you mentioned it with Palmer. Uh, Mike Williams get, has been getting hurt since college. Keenan Allen has has not injury prone, but he suffered some bad ones over his career. Palmer being the, there's a definite path where Palmer's the wide receiver too for a chunk of the year on that team and maybe even a game or two where he's their top target. Uh, David Bell, who's not my favorite and, a lot of mystery there, what's happened with Watson, but a lot of people are, are high on him. I love Gallup. I think that's always a, a good pick. Whenever he comes back, he's going to jump right into that wide receiver two role for that team. Spiller, another another charger. Are you going to get something this year? I'm not quite sure, but Austin, uh, Austin Eckler is not a young man anymore, and eventually Spiller will probably get that role as long as he – does what we've seen on the football field. I mean, his measurables suck, but if he can play football, that's all that's going to matter. And, and Jamal Williams, as much as we trash him, he gets touches in Detroit. You, even if they want to go super heavy with DeAndre Swift, Williams is still going to get some work throughout the year. I, I like Ritter. That's a good stash. McBride is just hard rookie tight ends, but and then KJ Osborne, we talked about that already, about that uh, Minnesota depth chart. So I, I, I agree completely. I, I like your team. I like mine. I, I think there's a lot of good players going later and I like them better than the middle guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's well, well synopsed. And just to say something nice about Jamal Williams on the way out, him and Deandre Swift both played 13 games last year. Jamal Williams had more rush attempts than Deandre Swift. Now I don't know when Deandre Swift left injured or whatever, but Jamal Williams missed games as well. Jamal Williams had 11 starts, Deandre Swift four, but they seen this, they saw the same amount of rush attempts. The targets were the difference. Deandre Swift had 70 more targets, but that still was Jamal Williams catching 26 to 28 targets for 157 yards. So just get an opportunity, 179 touches on the year for Jamal Williams. Yeah. You know, even if, you know, DeAndre Swift stays healthy and takes on a bigger role in this offense, I still think there's going to be 150 touches <laughs> for Jamal Williams in what should be a more competitive on a more competitive Detroit Lions offense who has one of the best offensive lines in football. So while I don't like the player. I'll take the, the year of production potential. And if DeAndre Swift's hurt, Jamal Williams could be a monster for whatever that stretch is. Speaking of Detroit, as we were sitting here chit-chatting, my trade was accepted in the Premier League. I got uh, you went, yeah, you went heavy. I got Goff and Shark. I added I added and, a fifth. Yeah, I saw that for a second, third, and fifth in a what? What are we at? We're not ninety-six teams anymore, right? We're eighty-four. Is that what it I'm is? Not sure There's what some, it went down to. Yeah, they they did some constriction relegation. Lifetime relegation of a few traction teams. Traction, there it is. Contraction. I knew you'd you'd get me there. Um, I ended up getting back into the dispersal draft, and I'm very pleased with what I ended up with. I have like five starting quarterbacks. I I lost my DeAndre Swift. Speaking of, but you know, I was able to get better at tight end and run at wide receiver, which I wanted to do, and I like my defense a lot better. So. It all cost me a DeAndre Swift to get back in that dispersal draft. So hopefully I can compete now when I was not going to be doing it otherwise with that ragtag bunch that I was left with from a year earlier. Want to make an omelet? You got to crack some eggs. So I hope you're right about yeah. Detroit. But that should do it for us. Uh, hopefully you enjoy this. Got some 
value out of some of these late round guys. I, I was actually pleasantly surprised with his all these, not even the guys we picked, but some of the, the names we didn't pick too. But hopefully this is getting you ready for draft season. Coming up, we're going to break down all of the uh, divisions, fantasy goodness and badness in each. And uh, we're going to have some Scott Fishbowl stuff coming up, probably do some sort of mock draft, breakdown scoring and things of that nature, strategies going into it. And, of course, as the season approaches, folk twist uh, twist things up as our folks in our redraft a bit. So for myself, John DeBari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Good thing I went with Spiller in the 12th because I was eyeing Kadarius Tony, but that would have left me with such a shitty team given the the format that we somehow agreed upon that I came up with <laughs> that I didn't know we were doing. That, would have just, that team would have just fallen. That was the only thing I the knew for apart. sure you wanted to do was put a, a team together. Yeah, but I didn't think we were doing it by round then. I just thought we were just going to snake draft uh-huh. so you could take whoever you wanted. So if you wanted if you wanted all guys in the first at the beginning, so bad. I was just gonna say who could create the better team starting lineup out of the 120 and beyond. That was my thought process. I'll so, be honest, I don't think I would have you would have had to take a quarterback still, but you wouldn't have been stuck in a round. I don't know? think I would have I don't think my team would be significantly different, to be totally honest. Well, I certain certainly wouldn't have Jamal Williams as my sure. running back too. I would be able to get like a Devin Singletary or a Rashad Penny <laughs> or the like who still were early, but you would have not been able to pick all of them. Right? I could have got Zamir White to go with Isaiah Spiller, but I don't think Zamir White gets meaningful snaps this year. Maybe Damian Pierce. Yeah, yeah. I think our teams probably would look a lot different if we did do it. The only- Let's do it right now, real quick. Let's do it in 10 seconds. All right. We're just going to go snake back and forth. How would right. it end up? You got the first pick. All right, okay. now you have to fill out the starting lineup now. I'm still way. going Christian yeah. Kirk. Okay, so let me, let me do this. We're just banging out. C. Kirk. Okay, with the snake, then I am still going to go with Gallup because I'm believing in Gallup. But then I probably would have went with uh, – I'd probably, I'd probably go Kadarius Tony, as I was going to do. So now back to you. I am <sighs> – Probably going to go Albert O. Okay, Albert O. And now you go, Snake. Next one. Now I'm going to go. Who's the fuck? Man, I might I might go Damian Pierce. Okay, running back, D. Pierce. Say, I'm still going to go with Spiller at my running back there. And then Snake and coming back to me, I am... I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson. That's a good one. I am going to – I'm going Lazard again. All right, wide receiver, Lazard. All right, go back. Your snake. Oh, shit, sorry. Um, Man, I'd like to go in Joku, but I already took my fucking tight end, so I've backed myself into a corner here. <laughs> uh, oh. God, Penny's looking at me, but I hate that guy. Oof. Fuck, I already got a tight end. I was looking at Ertz. Uh, wide receiver <laughs> upside. I guess I'll taste, go all the way back up. Christian Watson's just too good of a value there. Oh, no, 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 no. I changed because I don't want Lazard and Watson. Fuck that. Sorry. Uh, God damn. This is actually harder. Well, we're doing it fast, but... Oh, sure. Maybe I'll take Kenny Galladay. Go Galladay. Yeah. All right. Remember, we're trying to win. We're trying to win now, right? Yes. This is the premise of this. Who we draft here? <laughs> is that where we All are? Right. Galladay. I take it. You're like, huh? are you trying to win now? Is that a win now selection? Yeah. Just make sure we're on the same page. Okay. Yeah. So I am going to go with Ertz as my tight end. All right. All right, because now I'm win now opposed to my Trey McBride pick, which was more of a dynasty bench move because I would prefer McBride over Ertz on my bench because I'm assuming I have better starters if I hadn't taken Ertz by now. And then snaking back, see, I have 
I need a quarterback and I need a wide receiver. So none of the quarterbacks have been taken. So I need to look and see who's going to who's going to win me this year at quarterback. Who's going to get the most starts and win me just one season at quarterback? And that's a that's a rough proposition because I don't think there's any sure things to start no. 17 games this year. I mean, like I said, you're always in Mayfield. He still needs to be traded. Then we got a Garoppolo who he needs to be cut and signed somewhere else. So you're you're hoping at that point. I don't think Trubisky starts more than like six or eight games for the season, and then it's rookies. So you know what? I'm not I'm not going to pick uh, quarterback. I'm going to make you pick one, and then I'll take whoever's left. So I need a wide receiver, and we're talking about winning now. And I am going to go with hmm. This is an interesting one. I got two names I'm looking at. So you already, I think you're already done wide receiver. So right, I'm looking a, at a bench guy I can pick still. Ah, uh, there's a bench guy. Okay. Well, this, it's not going to shock you. I'm talking about winning now. Is it Robert Woods in Tennessee as the wide receiver one, or is it Tyler Boyd as a wide receiver three in Cincinnati? So I'm trying to win this bench draft. I'm going to go with Robert Woods as my wide receiver three. Yeah, I get it. I am going to go back up to. Which I'm shocked you didn't take him, Rashad Penny, who I don't like, but there's no reason they're going to get a ton of work. Candidly, you said you hated him, and I thought when you said bench that he would be my bench guy. So <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there yet. I had to fill my, my starter before flex. All right, so now you uh, you finish oh, off me again. Uh, yeah. Well, let's go with my flex. I'm going to take Quarterell Patterson. Oh, that's right. I had to cross a line off for you. So, all right, flex, we go CP84 in the flex spot. Okay, so I still get all my Eusties. You do not want to draft a quarterback, clearly. You're willing to accept whatever no, comes just back. chicken, yeah. This is it for me. So I get a flex and I get a quarterback. All right, so in my flex position, I am going to go with Tyler Lockett because I do ultimately think either Mayfield or Garoppolo ends up the starting quarterback there. So I don't think it's He's, all doom and gloom. We're talking about getting guys for a value earlier. I, I mean, we talked about how shitty we thought he was going to be and how low we have him ranked. And even here, he's wide receiver 51. Yeah. If you're getting him at 51 and he gets a competent quarterback in the next eight weeks, that's a, a huge steal. Yeah. And I'm going to say that that competent quarterback is Baker Mayfield. I'm the only guy that I really – think has full season I'm, I'm going seahawks with the stack at the end there back with the stack in the back for the seahawks so who is your quarterback trubisky Jonathan. still trubisky, trubisky. You, were just, you were not you knew i wasn't taking them so you knew your your chicken would pay off okay so this is where we ended up i didn't think you were taking mayfield i didn't know what you were gonna do i was quite surprised yeah, i mean if I knew Ritter was a starter to break camp I probably would have just stuck with Ritter oh, who I took sure. in the first go round but I don't know. I, I Darnold think probably gets fucking twelve starts, and knowing that, I'm not I think they go to. Cor- I think I think they go to Corral sooner than that because I think the Carolina fans are still going to stink. So I think they're going to see what they have in Corral because they're they're done with Darnold. So I don't think he starts half the season either. I think him and uh, old Marcus Mariota are going to be vying for who sees the bench first for one of these rookies. Personally, because yeah. Willis, it's going to take. Uh, Tannehill falling completely on his face. Tennessee would have to just crater for Willis because they say he's not even the backup. He's the third. He's a project. Like he needs such development. He's there's I can't see a world he sees the field in any meaningful snaps this year. Trubisky and it is going to lose the job to pick it. It was a first round pick eventually. It's what surprised me. You still went with Trubisky when it was all said and done. So unless he insane. overwhelms and has them competitive, that <laughs> I think he's just as likely to lose his starting job as Darnold and and uh Mario Dar. There, there's been talk that he's going to be the starter all year. That Pickett's actually behind uh, fucking Mason Rudolph right no, now. Mason so Rudolph. I mean, we'll see. Mason real Rudolph quick, you know, we did here uh, <laughs> for for all the hype of round fourteen. How they're better than the rounds ahead of him. <laughs> Take a single guy. Although Hunter Henry at tight end seventeen probably should have been taken in both drafts, to be honest, but. We, uh, no, I don't disagree. There were some names in there. I mean, we didn't get down that far, honestly. I, I don't think we trended even outside of the top two rounds. No. Get the <laughs> worst one. Yeah, they're the better, yeah, they're the better players. Yeah, you went down for Galladay a little bit. So here's this team on the outtakes. Your team, 
is quarterback Mitchell Trubisky, running backs Damian Pierce and Rashad Penny. Wide receivers Christian Kirk, Alan Lazard, Kenny Galladay, Flex, uh, Corderell Patterson, tight end Albert O. My team, quarterback, hopefully, fingers crossed, Baker Mayfield. Running backs <laughs> Isaiah Spiller, Ramondre Stevenson. Wide receivers Michael Gallup, Kadarius Tony, and Robert Woods. Flex, Tyler Lockett tight end Zach Ertz. So we'll put both of those up, what I thought we were doing, what you thought we were doing, and we'll see who did better in the drafting a bench with starters <laughs> requirements or drafting a starting team from post round 10 startup players. So we already did the outro. I think that was fun. Let's see how both of these land for us. I'm going to go eat lunch now. Hopefully you're going to go to bed. <laughs> yes. Sir. And let's uh, chat back and forth and see how we're going to structure the next four weeks on the divisions that we just want to do. Okay. Were you still in Chicago at the time or were you already in Vegas? No, I was in Vegas. So you flew across the country to do Baltimore and DC? I love this. It's one of my favorite vacations ever. Yeah. Goodness, I mean, it sounds like it. I I would I, I can't imagine. Went to uh, <laughs> went that to, decision, but went to a Orioles game, went to that aquarium. Went yeah, to Camden Yards are super cool. They were away while we were there, or I would have definitely gotten a game, but I've been to that stadium before and it is Yeah pretty cool we uh, also we went way. to a nationals game but it got rained out and then i couldn't uh they made it up the last day of the season so it was like fuck and then the next day they played a day game and we weren't doing anything so i went they uh they have like five dollar tickets so let's just go back and get the tickets and there's a spot where you could park just to pick up at like will call and you could just park your car in front of the stadium. So I went, I ran up to the window. I was like, I got rained out yesterday. Any chance to get the $5 tickets? And I guess because people do goofy shit with them, everyone in your party has to be there. I'm like, you can't leave the cars parked out here without a person in it. Do you have to leave the car running? I'm like, what am I going to do with a second ticket? I have two tickets to yesterday. You know I have a second person with me. Sorry, sir. We can't sell you two tickets unless two people are with you. I'm like, yeah. Fucking assholes. <laughs> they couldn't sell. Oh, because I guess you think you'd scalp them or something? I mean, a $5 ticket? I don't no. fucking know. Yeah, We're going to get seven yeah. bucks. <laughs> fucking. Yeah. Not, not here to turn a profit. But it was kind of, we did get to see the stadium, though, because we went the night before. And, you know, sometimes they kick the can down the road for the game. So we had a couple of hot dogs and beers, and then they canceled the game. So we were in there hanging out for a while. Okay. Yeah, I, didn't, I wasn't too keen on. Uh, national Stadium. I don't think nah. anything special. We went there years ago when the Phillies played a series, but Baltimore Camden Yard is super cool. Yeah. And then we did, uh, yeah, you know, all the other DC sightseeing shit, the Smithsonian's, and looked at all the other monuments and all that shit. Went and seen uh, 
Dave Attell was doing stand-up in D.C. while we were there. We didn't even think about it. The Blackhawks were actually playing the Capitals while we were there, too. But we um, we were at a bar. We noticed a bunch of people with Blackhawks clothes on. And the bar was actually next to the uh, Capitol Stadium. And people were going in. But that was the night I think we already had tickets for the stand-up show. I say, you think you would have been all over that. But, yeah, see, that doesn't sound like a fun vacation to me at all. <laughs> what, you, what you did and enjoyed it doesn't sound at all fun to me. I did all the watch it. But, see, I did all that shit when I was younger. Like, I went and saw the Washington Monument for, like, class trips and all. I'm like, yeah. Eh. No less of air. Oh, I never even thought of that. Yeah, you guys just take fucking school buses down, huh? Yeah, yeah. I've been to the Inner Harbor a few different times. I did a trip to Canyon. Yeah, I've been to those stadiums. Yeah, yeah. So I guess maybe had I not been ever shit, we got history in my backyard. I don't. I want nothing to do with it. I go nowhere near Center City, Philadelphia, or any of that history. A fucking <laughs> disaster area. We decided yeah, so there's no more city trips. They're just done for the foreseeable future. Well, that's what even so. like my mom's been talking about taking my kids back to Chicago to go hang out with my brother and my nephews and shit. And uh, I'm like, are you guys going to go by the museums or anything? She's like, fuck no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the city is, yeah. the city is off limits. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, thank you. Yeah. We went downtown like months ago to take my son and daughter to this like dino thing that was at the convention center. And when we were done, I was like, well, that's it. Setting foot in Center City, Philadelphia, ever again? I don't know why. I keep getting, uh, I get these videos in my YouTube recommendations, and it's just drug addicts in uh, what is it, Kensington? Oh yeah, yeah, drug addict area. Just tons every day. It's one of the first things that pops up (laughs) on my YouTube. Just people videoing fucking shitbags in Kensington. (laughs) Why do I keep seeing this? I'll tell you what, you could just take the word Kensington out and put Baltimore's Inner Harbor as well, if you so desired, because there was a fair amount of really not only homeless, but yeah, clear drug addicts just roaming no around. Now, see, oh, I, I was shocked. Granted, this was what eight years ago now, seven years. Don't do it, don't do the math one. It can't on be air. Six. No, it was 2014. I have the year wrong. Okay, 17's so when my ago. son was born. 14's when my daughter was born. No, 2014, sorry, we eight went. Years, eight, years, eight years ago. Yeah. So uh, I was shocked how clean and nice that area was. Because I just, all Inner, I knew about Inner Baltimore. Harbor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, the last time we went was 20, what was it? 2017? Yeah, so early 2018. And it was gorgeous. Loved it. Like, Four we're excited to go off. back this time. Wow. Yeah, it was. It's a whole. It's it's post apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, like I, I half, would... half, just closed. I mean, just think of all like the businesses that closed. Like, yeah, there was like whole malls that are closed now, and half of the restaurants that were in Inner Harbor are gone now. Wow. I mean, it's literally like makes sense. Like it's not with a cap. Someone's like the Hard Rock's still there, and Philip yeah. Seafood is still there. You know, the bigger ones that probably got tons of bailout money from the federal government and just kept the doors open. <laughs> as they oh, laid shit. off their entire staffs, all these yeah. other companies just floundered because they weren't getting any business because no one was visiting the Inner Harbor. All right. Yeah, it was super. Uh, I didn't know what to expect because I, I all I all I knew was the fucking wire. So I was like, Oh no, what's this going to be like? But it was so nice. Like I said, it was great down there. Was like this is cool. The magazine at the Renaissance Marriott. We say that their their magazine in the room is called The Wire. Literally, it's <laughs> it told the cover was pictures of the guys still oh, Jesus. from the wire. I'm like, I don't know that you should really be promoting that. Yeah, you know, you're, you're supposed <laughs> to be like the high end Marriott hotel. Like, why are you like the HBO drug series based upon you know Baltimore's inner city? Which you go a mere few blocks off of the inner harbor and you're 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 traveling on that wire, my friend. Fuck disaster area. <laughs> That's so, so yeah, I could like my opinion of a city hasn't changed as much in two trips as Baltimore's did. Dude, I'll tell years, you, man. and it was four. I went from years, yeah, right. I went from recommending it to to like I you couldn't pay me to go vacation there, dude. You couldn't I all went, expense vacation me to go there. 